Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched One Fine Day, which came out in 1996, which for those of you keeping track was 26 years ago. And (laughs) (laughs) it stars Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney and a baby Mae Whitman. Like Independence Day Mae Whitman. Yeah. Independence Day, what was Mae Whitman's like? I feel like she had another like baby claim to fame when she was this little girl. These are the two that I think of. I really feel like Mae Whitman is like the child star who just kept going. Like she is currently a working actor. Yeah. She's and like has been consistently, I feel like. Yeah. What's the first thing when you see Mae Whitman? What's the first thing you think of? Probably parenthood now in life. Huh. I still go Anne. From yeah. Arrested Development. From Arrested oh, Development. Oh, I didn't watch Mike, Arrested Development. George Michael's faceless girlfriend. That's right. They, like, yeah, I didn't they, watch like, that. They made her real plain and dowdy. Um, so yeah, I think Parenthood. Or like one of her child credits. This was directed by Michael Hoffman and written by uh, Terrell Seltzer and Ellen Simon. And you're right. It stars Michelle Pfeiffer, George Clooney, Mae Whitman. Holland Taylor is there as she was. In all movies in the mid nineties, a it very been- young Amanda Pete is there. Very young, very nineties eye makeup. Amanda Pete is yeah. there. She ha- she's rocking the Rachel. Um, uh, it has a fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That sounds right, <laughs> Carrie. You loved this movie. I, as I was I watching, I was like, when was the last time I watched this movie? And did I know that? that that would be the last time because it has to be high school like i don't think i've watched this movie since i was i don't know it's been a long time i did i loved this movie i'm pretty sure we have it on vhs um and i know we watched it so many times because as things were happening i was like i remember exactly the way she like blew her bangs out of her face and ate a sandwich like uh i based my entire personality on like michelle pfeiffer thinking being successful at work meant you were successful at life yes yeah i watch this movie a lot it's been a while i don't think because this movie is really hard to find in fact we both had to like download like new apps in order to we watch got a it. stars account for this shit yeah i've already canceled it oh i gotta cancel mine or do i watch outlander that was i was like what do i want to be watching <laughs> like, oh well then there, there you go keep stars like but yeah it's been a while because it's hard to find you can't just like netflix that shit um which sucks because i there are many many times where i've been like going through a 90s rom-com this has some staples of the 90s rom-com including a doug ross era george clooney oh god we'll get there and um but so yeah i've like been going through my 90s rom-com rewatch and then haven't been able to find it and until this instance didn't bother downloading stars for it yeah Allison, what were your predictions for this movie? I was like, it's going to hold up. It's going to be great. There will not be any problems because we loved it so much. Man, had I not seen it in a while. <laughs> what were your predictions? Honestly, I didn't really think about it, but I was like, this is a benign 90s rom-com. Like, how bad could it be? There definitely won't be any extreme gender roles that not only never get addressed, but we're just like, that's how men and women are. Men can't be responsible for anything and women have to be responsible for everything because that's what this movie is. <laughs> Oh, 
also like some some very subtle but weird race stuff happens um yeah every person george clooney is like do you speak english it's like george clooney they're in new york city um yeah i was unprepared for how many thoughts i would have did we did we know that the mob was a part of this? I did remember that. To me as a kid. I did remember What's that. The plot of One Fine Day. Okay, so the plot of One Fine Day is that Michelle Pfeiffer has a son. George Clooney has a daughter. George Clooney's ex-wife drops the daughter off unexpectedly, and in an apartment that that daughter's like maybe never been to because he doesn't have a bedroom for her. At yeah. The end part- this he's like i'm gonna turn this that room into a room for you and i was like george clooney you're you're a father that hadn't happened already truly they they're they're late dropping their children off they miss their field trip and they have no and have no child care and so they end up like sharing child care duties throughout the day so that they can both deal with their career related stuff and they end up falling in love obviously here's what i do like about this movie we don't know that they end up falling in love what i think this movie does well we've talked a lot about like movies with like expedited timelines where people have to fall in love in like a day or a week or whatever and then movies were like they can fall in love slowly over time oh and harry met sally if you will sure. this one takes place over one day and i think uh, part of one fine day if you will Thank you. This one takes place over, in fact, one fine day. And I think part of the reason it works is at the end of it, it's the normal expectation of what would happen if you spent the day with someone you were attracted to in that they like make out and clearly like each other. But there's no sort of like, we're in love with each other. Let's throw our lives away for each other. It's very sort of practical in that they're attracted to each other. They're going to start dating because I am who I am, I'm going to imagine it all works out and everyone is happy. But there's no, at the end of one day, these two people are in love with each other. And I like True. That. You're right. Right. There's no like grand confession of love, just like an acknowledgement that they are attracted to each other and have. And like each other. Like They've found a, nice a way date. to liking each other. Yes. Even though they started yeah. the day hating each other. It's an enemies to lovers trope. Which I love. I love an enemies to lover trope. Then you would uh, love Bridgerton. Sure, I would. You have a dissertation, I believe, on emotional labor. I have I several. Also think, like, maybe you should take this to therapy and be like, I was obsessed with this movie as a teenager, and now I've rewatched it, and I think I understand why I am who I am because I thought I had to become Michelle Pfeiffer in one fine Well, so like, there's a part of me. There's a couple of things. One is like this idea that. Like, she has it all under control and, like, she works, but she takes great care of her kid and she has, like, you know, she's got this, like, Mary Poppins bag full of, like, snacks and toys and, like, whatever her child could need. So, first of all, I feel like there's, like, kind of an unrealistic depiction of motherhood, which was... You don't carry that bag around with you? I do not. Um, But I think that that was typical for the 90s. We were in the 90s. We were very into this idea of like Superman doing it all. Like, you know, she needs no one's she help. She's, she can have it all. She's got it all under control. Um, and that's like, so like I'm not realizing that's not true. But then on the flip side, his is sort of like, I'm just a cool dad. I don't ever take care of my child because she has a mom to do that. So I just show up and cool and leave. Like. The like, well, he also are very 
Like he says to her, like, you don't let anyone in something. I mean, this is not a quote, but like his whole thing is like, you're not letting anyone in to help you. And it's like, she reached out to like her mom, her sister, like her ex-husband and nobody was willing to help her. So it's almost like, it's not that she's not asking for help. It's that like, she doesn't have a support system. Well, it's also like the ex-husband sucks. He's like a musician, although it is pretty cool that at the end he's going on tour with Springsteen. But then like the mom and sister, I don't know why I'm like more mad at them than the ex-husband who should be taking care of his own child. I'll unpack that on my end. But like the mom, the mom is fully just like at the spot. Every, every old woman in this movie, like every older woman in this movie is just like at Elizabeth Arden's all day. I and mean, they're at the same spot because in New York City, they all go to Elizabeth Arden's. I texted you, should we go to Elizabeth Arden's while we're in New York? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really. And then her sister is, she, Michelle Pfeiffer keeps saying she does not work. I think what we would say now is she does not work outside the home and has like a lot of help, clearly has money. She says, I'm the CEO of this household. She's not Correct. wrong. She, I bet she is. Yes, but she clearly has a lot of help. She does, yes. And, but is throwing a dinner party that night and the refusal to take in her nephew for one day when her sister really needs it is, I think, cold. But also they establish that he's maybe a troublemaker. So maybe she's like, I'll never get this dinner party off the ground if he's shoving things up his nose. Correct. Because he is an ornery child. Yes. But in the I mean, so first of all, like, I think we're having very different conversations these days about motherhood. We're trying to have like much more real portrayals of and I don't, uh, to be fair, like, it's not just motherhood, it's parenthood. Like, yeah. I, you know. Pun what? intended in this May Whitman movie. May Whitman. Um, like, as somebody who is in a partnership where we share parenting responsibilities, like, I think parents of all genders are, have, are experiencing, assuming you are in a relationship with you were first of all that you're in a like two or more parenting situation but second of all that like if you're in a parenting situation where you share parenting responsibilities like i think that the conversation has shifted to shit is hard being a working parent is hard particularly post pandemic I think our conversations about what parenting and working or just parenting in general, because like you said, like parents who don't work outside the home are still, I personally think working may be harder, question mark. Um, yeah, so it's always greener. Everyone works hard. We're just not, yes. judge for not working outside of the home. And also, no, no, I'm you- saying like, I, I think par- like stay at home parents, have the harder job but no i know but But also like like, you also have you're you have and again like this is i guess 20 you said 26 years later i don't believe it yeah we are now living 10 years after this movie was made so (laughs) the reality i need to live in so 10 years later you know you have a partner you have a village you have like our parents you have a right. daycare like you have all these systems in place that if you or jeff get stuck at work there are any number of people who like can and will help out um, this is this is gonna sound like a brag but it's also just really interesting to me so like there's this 
um, this is the first part of the sentence is going to sound bonkers. Um, there's this conversation happening on like millennial parent TikTok about how like th- a lot of millennial parents feel like their boomer parents don't show up for them and like don't provide a system for that, like a support system for them. And they feel like their grandparents really did. And like, there's this trend among boomer grandparents that they don't. And here's like the brag part is like, I don't feel that at all. Like both sets of grandparents, like show up at a moment's notice. Like what, like, there's like, just what, are, like, what are the boomer grandparents and not your situation doing? Like, like just like showing up for holidays and sending presents and not yeah, like or like you. they'll ask, they'll ask, like the parents will ask to like go on a date night or something. And like the grandparents are like, no, we can't babysit or, and like, I don't know, maybe like there's just boundaries being set. I don't, but like, it's just so maybe mom just isn't setting boundaries. with you. Maybe. Um, or maybe like, maybe like I'm being, I don't know, but I'm just very grateful is all I'm saying. Like I do have a system. Like you said, I have a village. I have four grandparents and two of whom live in town, two of whom live in town, but even the ones that don't live in town, like show up all the time for us. Um, And like, you, you know, our siblings don't live in town, but they show up for us. Like, and we are, can afford daycare and oh, I have a partner. In the middle of a pandemic pre-vaccine for you. True. Fair point. I so cried I'm, on an airplane because a man was blowing raspberries in July. No, June of 2020. Like, I get it. Yes. Like, so all of that is true. Like, I've, I very much I am not in Melanie Parker's situation. But so I think part of like what I was feeling in this movie is like, this idea that she somehow like it's a character flaw that like she's got things like so tightly wound and she's like so uptight it's kind of like well she has, she has to, be. to be she's the complete like not only is she a single parent you're right like her fucking family sucks <laughs> right like she's a helpful. single working parent whose family doesn't show up for her like like i i i you know, like I have, like, I have this, this planner, I have this notebook, I have this notebook, Jeff and I share a calendar. I mean, like, I'm pretty tightly wound and I do have all of those supports. Like, of course she is the way she is. I will say just like, based on your millennial uh, parenting TikTok, which I'm uh, happy to say I'm, that's not a side of TikTok that I'm super on. Um, I've also curated my TikTok because I don't want anything, um, like authentic or anything earnest. I want, if there's not a joke at the end of it, I'm scrolling right past. I am not here for anything honest or earnest anymore on TikTok. Only jokes all the time. The world's too dark. Anyway, side note. Um, as a nanny, like both, but particularly one of the families I work for, I work two days a week and the other three weekdays are covered by one of two grandmothers. Like, I don't, is this actually a millennial, like a boomer parenting trend? Or do some people just like suck? Because from what I, I can tell from a nanny standpoint for my family is like their grandparents are very much like involved helping to raise the children. 
and then also they like have me so that the, everyone can have two days off a week. I don't I mean, know. They'll work their working jobs. I mean, like it's popped up a couple of times. So I don't know. If you're a millennial parent and you want to weigh in, like happy. If you're a boomer grandparent and you want to defend yourself, get in here. Not mom. Obviously, she's going to hear that and think she has to defend herself. Carrie's saying she's grateful for you, mom. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I did. I was saying something about work and mom was like, who would do that job for free? And dad was like, you, you do that job for free. And she was like, oh, it's different because I'm charmed by them. (laughs) They are charming. I will give her that. Um, The other, so like the also just like the lack of childcare was very triggering to me. Again, I have reliable childcare but when Why I do don't you have to send them to the ninth street drop in. Well, I just like, again, I think the pandemic has laid bare a lot of issues. One of which being like, we don't have a lot, like if, if your childcare falls through, like you're fucked. Also like this myth of capitalism, which we've also talked a lot about on this podcast, but also in general, we're having conversations about like, there's just a lot of like 90s stuff happening in this movie, like converging in this movie. And I was just like very triggered by the lack of childcare and very triggered by this child who won't go to sleep. Um, Well, her boss is so like, talk about capitalism. Her boss like doesn't like women who have children. Like she has to hide the fact that she has a child. Yeah. Because. Her boss doesn't like, and then he goes on about how germy children are, which like, to be fair, in that instance, I was like, I do agree with him on this one point. Children are very germy. And I was like, this man definitely did not live to see the COVID-19 pandemic. But if he did, uh, he was safe and vaccinated because he's very worried about germs. Yes. Maybe he could have. It was only 10 years ago. So (laughs) (laughs) not living in a world where 1996 was 26 years ago. Truly. Doesn't make sense because I'm only 25. Right. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. The kid, I like when the kid asked for a glass of water and then was just like breathing into the cup because he was trying to avoid going to bed. I was like, I, I babysit one little girl who has to have 20 sips of water before she goes to bed at night and she counts them. You like hand her her like sippy cup. It's like a, it's like a water bottle with a straw and she goes one, two. Three. Oh my god it's really and she does it at a, like a, a quick enough speed that you're not like oh we're gonna be here for eight years but it is four five six it's like very cute and very like what's going on with you sweetheart the other night after i had put her to bed and i thought it was gonna be like when are mom and dad coming home like i'm i thought it was gonna be like a normal kid like going to sleep worry and she was just like miss allison these make honey and I was like 100% you're absolutely right sure do nailed it go to sleep now <laughs> wild Ben started this new thing where he asks for a hug and a kiss but then he'll do it repeatedly so he'll do hug kiss hug kiss hug kiss and it's very very sweet and I don't want to stop him but I also want him to go the fuck to sleep maybe you need to tell him he only gets like five and then I'll count him like this little girl does her sips of water maybe maybe that's the problem um Okay, so I think I'm done with my, like, working parent rants. Um, This is a very sort of, like, if you believe that women have to be holding it all together and men get to be, like, the fun parent who don't have plumbing in their apartment, this is the movie for you. Yeah. <laughs> because, again, I kept being like, all right, we're going to get to the point. And George Clooney does a little bit step up. Like, he does 
he takes care of them for half the day. He does a decent job. Like it's fine. But at no point are we like, oh, we should meet in the middle of this. <laughs> it's just sort of like, this is how men and women are. And right. And at no point all. do we confront like all of these really weird, like kind of misogynistic takes on women that he has. <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's a little bit. I, I wrote down, I don't know what he did to make me write this down, but I said, uh, I want to change everything about the way George Clooney is. Well, he, <laughs> he like is in therapy and we love a man in therapy and we know he's in therapy he's because in he has ther- to take his kid to therapy. Right. I appreciate that he's in therapy. He does say to his therapist, I hate like angry, resentful women who won't let you do anything for them and don't trust you to do anything. And it's like, well, to be fair, you haven't shown anything to be trustworthy at all in this movie so there's i feel like this character his name is jack but i'm gonna go ahead and just for the sake of it call him doug ross because that's what i see when i see 90s era george clooney sure also today i learned that george clooney is 60 oh i did that when i was looking their ages when they made this movie because i was like how old are these people they were 26 younger 26 years younger she was 38 and he was 36 um so that's not possible. So he's now 46. Cause again, this was 10 years ago. Sure. Right. Um, but he how old is Michelle Pfeiffer now. What? How old is Michelle Pfeiffer now? 62 or 63. She's like a couple years older than he is. And on my way home, like on my way home from work to come record this podcast, I passed a billboard of that first lady show where who does she play? Betty Ford. There's some show coming out following three. It's like, Viola Davis is playing Michelle Obama. Michelle Pfeiffer is playing, I think, Betty Ford. And then someone else is playing someone else. I forget. Um, But I passed it and I was like, she looks the same. She looks great. I was obsessed with this era of Michelle Pfeiffer. Her haircut at this point in life was. I really do think I was like, this is what being an adult is going to be like. Again, I was 10 years younger. So I'm 15 at this point watching this movie thinking this is what being an adult is going to look like. I'm going to have this hair. I'm going to like eat a sandwich while I'm like doing my bills at night and blow my bangs out of my forehead. Also, also the way, writing like, checks and mailing checks to pay your bills does not hold up. I was going to balancing your checkbook doesn't hold up. I was going to make that point, except that I realized that earlier yesterday I filled out a check to pay my rent. I still write a paper check to pay my rent. And do you like look at your checkbook and like blow your bangs up and you're like, yeah, I'm like, ugh, the money, where's ugh. the money coming from? I do think there was a lot in my youth that glamorized being a single and or teen parent. And uh-huh. it's a remarkable that I uh, avoided that fate because I was like, this looks lovely. Laura like Gilmore seems to have it down. Why are none of us having babies all the time? You get to live in a hotel and blow your bangs up while eating a sandwich and balancing your checkbook. Yeah. Sounds great. And that is single um, parent. That seems super easy. Other, other things that George Clooney said about angry, resentful women is, um, or that he, ways he described Michelle Pfeiffer was you can't open the door for her, but she won't shut her mouth. Um, I hope one day someone describes me that way. <laughs> um, he says to his daughter, don't be like that when you grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just says, okay, daddy. Like, what about that? Like, a successful hot woman. Don't be a successful hot woman. When you Truly. Um, this is a man who has weapon. Like he got divorced because he learned how to weaponize his incompetence. He was like, well, I can't figure it out. You have to do it. Oh, well, in the scene where his wife, who, by the way, I think is. Um, uh, 
I just blocked on his name. He plays She's Toby on West something Nineties. She was familiar looking. She's married to Richard Schiff. She's married to Richard Schiff. Um, Are you sure? Positive. She started, she was like one of the early entrepreneurs that did like strip cheese aerobics. Like she's built a fortune doing strip cheese aerobics. She's like Allie Lauder from Legally Blonde. When she was dropped, when she was dropping the child off and he's like not paying attention to her and like not listening to the instructions and she has to like give him the pediatrician's phone number. It's like, you don't just have that. Um, I was like, no, this man does not take care of his child. He plays with his child. This is someone who's like, she divorced him. Like, wait, men who complain about like women who are too, what does he say? Like aggressive or whatever, too angry and resentful, angry and resentful. It's like, I feel like you made them that way. (laughs) Right. Like, were you the contributing factor? Make us that way. Right. Yeah. Um, this movie is saved by the fact that it's George fucking Clooney in 1996. And so I'm yes, like, Doug Ross, you can do whatever you want to me forever. I had literally the same note. I said, this man is a child. It helps that it's George Clooney because every single time he like says anything to Michelle Pfeiffer, I'm like, well, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think maybe this is your fault. At one point, he literally is like, she's like, you don't know my name because you have all these like oh, other women. And he was like, I know your name, Mel. And then walks away. And I'm like, I mean, that worked for me. But also like the bar is, does this man know your first name? Yes, but it's the way. No, but it's the way. But it's the way he says it in all of his clooniness. Like, also, you just know that like he is gonna run off and then like go be a pediatrician at cook county general hospital and that like doug ross is a very responsible person i my girlfriend but uh, not a big deal i mean though like as sarah roper would say like i needed to put down tarps before that scene like harry (laughs) i didn't say it family pod it's not it is this not is, we mark it we put it in explicit on this podcast yes we do curse but that is a graphic way to talk about did you just like lady come on the floor <laughs> George that's the implication yes allison we don't need to say that that's just like when sarah oh, I'm sorry thinks- i took it a step farther after you talk about putting <laughs> no tarps for your lady jizz when sarah thinks something's hot she says tarps so now you know. Um, Hero would say about that. He would say that it's not healthy for a woman's vagina to get wet during sex. Well, if you get wait long enough, they just tell on themselves. Um, it really is the most hilarious cell phone anyone's ever made. Truly, um, I have the I, lack I of. Knew, all care. you have to do is look at Ben Shapiro and be like, "You've never pleased a woman in your life." But then he was basically like, "I'm going to give an interview where I tell you I've never pleased a woman in my life." Yeah. Um, one of my notes is the lack of childcare is so triggering. Like Theo literally woke up with a cough this morning, which I'm pretty sure is allergies. And Jeff and I both like had heart palpitations. We were like, Oh God, this child cannot stay home. Did you test him? Yeah, we did. We always, when they have any kind of symptoms, we test before we send to daycare and he was COVID negative and he has asthma and allergies. Like he has a cough. Poor little buddy. Um, yeah, the 9th Street drop-in, I was like, so it's this, like, daycare they have to take them. 
And then right. one kid is talking about LSD. So she's like, George Clooney, you have to go get the children so they don't do LSD. Yeah, that felt like a little bit like, obviously it's a plot device so that then we can have the rest of the movie. But it does feel a little bit like a moral panic. Like, Yeah, they're think, fine at the daycare. I think they're so fine so I guess at the like daycare. Manhattan daycare is, you know, maybe things are, I don't know. It's a city. I think it does feel like, like crime is happening in this. It's like the moral panic of like crime is happening in the city. Well, it feels a little like these two little white kids at the daycare and at like the drop in center daycare and like the mom panics at the mention of LSD. And I was like, they what did. assumptions are we making? I was relieved that it wasn't just like a bunch of like that there were other like white background kids. And I was like, all right, so we're trying not to just be like, oh, we got to drop them at the inner city daycare where drugs are happening. Like it felt like they were sort of trying to avoid that, but maybe not super not the most successfully there's some weird yeah. stuff in this movie she says to the black receptionist who is she's an architect the then this is the receptionist she like begs her to watch her child because like we're women and we have to be in this together and i was like ma'am you're like you're who, holds, who holds the power you, in this relationship are you th- are you there for her in the same way you're now demanding she be there for you michelle mel Correct. excuse me mel and then yeah there's like so- a couple times yeah so like george clooney's he's trying to like get a source's housekeeper to like tell him something and she speaks spanish and he like walks up to like the first brown guy he sees and is like do you speak spanish like excuse me what also in what world is this woman who's like working as a housekeeper for this rich woman ellen green she's working as a housekeeper for ellen green sorry from little shop correct um and this woman's answering the phone. It's like she wouldn't be answering the phone if she didn't speak English. Like, what what messages does she think she's going to take? Like, this this moment it doesn't make sense. We just have it there for him to, like, try and talk to a person who doesn't speak English. That's yeah. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, the joke is like, oh, this woman doesn't speak English. And it's like, yeah. is that funny? Or is that just, like, normal in the city of New York? Like, Okay. Amanda Pete is a workplace sexual harasser. True. But it's fine because the gender, she's fully sexually harassing George Clooney. Also, Amanda Pete's hot. I mean, I know we all know that, but like, I kind of forgot like how hot Amanda Pete was in the 90s. You know, a movie I've never seen. Something's got to give. Oh, we should do that one. It's a good one. Amanda Pete's in it. And again, like, I don't feel like we've properly delved dove dived devanted i don't feel like we've properly devanted into the <laughs> nancy myers uh lexicon no i agree mostly we've done my favorites two. of them are not rom- like i don't think you can slice it any way shape or form to make father of the bride or father of the bride part two a rom-com but fuck me no. do i love those movies no it's about the love between a father and his daughter. I hope it's not romantic. Carrie, you've seen them. You know it's not romantic. Melanie Parker, Michelle Pfeiffer's um, new client at one point refers to her as quite the little discovery, which mm-hmm. is gross and weird. In front of her to her boss. So it's like three men talking about what yes. a little firecracker she is. Because yeah. she, I did appreciate this as like a writing device. What does she have that they don't? And the answer is the guy needs to see it with cars and she has a bag of cars in her back because she's a mom. Right. So like what that is like a what about her character makes her good for this job. 
Yeah. And that was it. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's good. Here's the thing. All of its problems aside, this isn't a poorly written movie. I, in fact, think it's a pretty well-written movie. Like, all of its problems aside, did I fucking enjoy the hell out of this movie? Uh, yes. Yeah. Did I it's, smile it's my very, little face off when those two kissed at the end? Yes. It's very well structured. And the dialogue is. is good. And they're, a I mean, again. Tight 90 Clooney, minutes. A tight 90. It's George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer, who we now know to be like both excellent. Maybe we didn't in the 90s. Maybe we thought less of them. But now we both know them to be both excellent actors and very charming. Yes. You know what I, speaking of Michelle Pfeiffer and Amanda Pete, I get who they're married to mixed up. Because they're both married to Davids. Because they're both married to like TV showrunner Davids. Yes. I can understand the confusion. Game of Thrones or E. Kelly, you know? Right. Yeah. I see. I see. And Amanda Pete is married to Game of Thrones. Ben Hoff. Yes. And Michelle Pfeiffer is married to E. Kelly. The practice. Yes. Correct. The practice. Other things. Big Little Lies. Lots of things. Uh, yeah. Boston Legal. The practice. Allie McBeal? Question mark. Um, yeah. I mean, David E. Kelly, like, name a show from the 90s. And Prolific. he was probably involved. Yeah. Um, At one point, Mae Whitman runs off. And Michelle Pfeiffer is responsible for having lost her running off and the reason she runs off is she's following a cat and i i related to that hard i too have gotten lost just chasing a cat <laughs> i see that for you when she has a kitty backpack i really loved the representation of a of a, of a future cat lady <laughs> <laughs> so for the, um, the last third of this movie so she runs off after a cat the cat has had kittens george clooney gets a call from the police officer that's like we found your daughter he didn't know she was missing so fun little twist goes to get his daughter risping late to his press conference to go save his daughter of course and she's playing with kittens and she wants to take one home which first of all no one ever said they were up for adoption and he's just like we'll take it with them us and then for the last third of this movie he's just like fisting a cat <laughs> like he's just holding it and running around like that thing would scratch the shit out of you and run you need a carrier to like or at least a harness <laughs> the amount of like Cats just people like dogs. they're not just gonna stick with you <laughs> Well, also, like, we start out the movie with Michelle Pfeiffer just, like, wandering around with a fucking fishbowl full of fish. I'm like, the amount of, like, just people, like, ham-fisting animals around Manhattan is wild. Also, speaking of the fact that this movie takes place in Manhattan, people get places, like, surprisingly quickly. At one point, they were like, we have 10 minutes to get here. It's across town. And it's also... 5 30 p.m i'm like oh you're an hour and a half that's not are you what oh you're just gonna jump over that like construction like blockade thing and now you've done it has anyone here ever been to any major united states city you cannot get across town even on foot what is what like are we doing there's like an appointment at three an appointment at five an appointment at 5 30 somewhere they gotta be at six and like they're getting to all these places and i'm just like what is happening get to the circle line to realize they've missed the circle line because the field trip is the kids going on the circle line she's like i have a meeting in 15 minutes they get they try and they get on a giant boat realize it's the wrong boat get off try and flag it down are somewhere on the docks and she's gonna get back to midtown for her meeting in like 10 minutes in in what world truly truly it's wild um yeah i think this movie was like 
people from New York will know this is a lie, but like the middle Americans who are going to see this, will just be like, oh, you can really get places in New York quickly. Again, in the at the end of the day, did I care? No. Yeah, I have to take when I because I am an adult Catwoman. When I Catwoman Michelle Pfeiffer, I see what you did there. Thank you. Um, when I fly with Iggy, he has to come out of the carrier to go through security, and I have him harnessed and leashed because I know that one, like, out of ordinary noise, and he's off. So the fact that George Clooney is running around just like kitten in his coat for a good half hour. Wild to me. But I'm glad May Whitman got her kitty in the end. Yeah, she got a kitty. Um, the phones don't hold up. Just like fucking bricks of cell phones. Bricks of cell phones. When she, she's trying to put on a movie for the kids at the end, she says, do you want to watch a video? Just a phrase uh-huh. we don't use anymore. She's fast forwarding. She's fast forwarding. Uh, they have to fast forward through they're watching Wizard of Oz and they have to fast forward through the mean lady, which I can yeah. only assume is the witch. Um, the she music's really good. Point. The music's really good in this movie. I, that Natalie Merchant version of One Fine Day is still probably like one of my favorite covers. When you were getting married and I asked, we were making you a bachelorette party playlist and I asked all of our friends for songs either songs that they like thought would be good for a bachelorette party playlist or songs that like reminded them of you. Melissa said the one fine day. The Natalie Merchant or the original? Both. I think the original. Probably. Maybe both but, went on there. Yeah. Also, there this music just has like there's like a Nora Ephrani like standardness yes. to the music. There's a very like 90s rom-com feel to the music, which I really like. Yeah. I wanted to be, I want to be an adult in a 90s rom-com. Yes. They seem like they had fun back then before they like really knew the effects of climate change were going to be, right, you know? Right. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, Feels like it would have been a good time to be alive or to be an adult. I was alive. I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer in this movie is a lot more patient as a, as a mom than I would be with this child who keeps fucking shit up. She at one point. She does. And, she and then she feels bad and she like. There's a lot of, um, they're very ahead of their times in terms of their like gentle parenting techniques. Um, Are you also on gentle parenting TikTok? Oh yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that kid, I would be like, I'm going to murder you. So another thing I love about this movie, because he spills uh, cranberry juice on her work suit, is that she then, the only shirt she has in her giant Mary Poppins bag is a dinosaur t-shirt. That fits her just stunningly. I remember being a kid and watching this movie and being like, I cannot wait to have boobs so that I can wear like young boys dinosaur t-shirt and look this hot. Mm, see, there's the difference between you and I. I remember thinking like, that sure wouldn't even fit me now. <laughs> Your boobs came in young. My boobs, uh, any day, I think any day now, they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna enter. Puberty is coming for me. But again, I'm only 25. Oh, you know a phrase that she uses that I think I'm going to start using? At the beginning, she goes, I can't. I have a day. I'm going to start saying, I have a day. Ugh, I have a day. Oh, I say that all the time. Because of this movie? Or <laughs> I don't know. I don't, must have been Maybe, from this movie. Be. Like, I who knows? I say that, like, I say that to Jeff. <laughs> like, oh, I've got a day. Like, and he's, all the time. And then he behaves like George Clooney in this movie. And you're like, I and I'm like, I have a day. Take the fish. Yes, and then I shoved fish in his face. Um, 
No, if Jeff acted like George Clooney did in this movie, I would have been like, grow up. You're a man child. I have been a nanny longer than I've been any other job. I have seen lots of different versions of parents. And overwhelmingly, I've seen the the fathers who I've worked for have been very good, very involved fathers. Every now and then you come across a fucking man child. And it's it's I'm also just a bitch. And so it's hard for me not to be a bitch and be like sassy (laughs) for the sake of my livelihood. I have done it. But like, I just have zero patience for like, I don't know how to parent my own child bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I mean, there, I will say like, there's an extent to like, as parents, like you're both learning. And so you rely on each other to be like, is this an okay parenting thing to do? Like, did I make the right choice there? Um, And to be honest, like as someone who's been a nanny for 10 years, yeah, 10 years, a little bit more, 11 or 12 years at this point. Well, but you're only 25, so. But I'm, I, well, I started so young. Right. Sure, sure. (laughs) That's right. I'm only 25. Um, But I've had like new parents ask me like, is this a thing? Like there are times when they are like, you know more than I do like childless woman and like that has come from both fathers and mothers yeah and that's totally like i will i will i will tell you my opinion in any way i can when it's asked for when it isn't asked for i will bite my tongue and do what you ask and then talk shit about you behind your back but this idea of like like the dad doesn't know the pediatrician's number or the dad doesn't know what time school starts or the dad doesn't know the babysitter's name or number. Like it, even mm-hmm. in a divorced relationship, like especially in a divorced relationship, because he has to deal with some of that shit on his own. You would think. I mean, and I understand. Like these men exist. Like I understand that this George uh-huh. Clooney character exists in the world. I think part of what we're struggling with is like, is that who we want as? the object of our heroine's affection without without much growth like he has a little bit of a little but like i don't feel like we ever like truly address the fact that like he has a peter pan complex he has some weird regressive feelings about women and gender roles and we all just are kind of okay with it because it's george clooney which i get like same Yeah, I still loved it. Yeah. Sad I can't watch it again since I canceled my Stars app subscription. Maybe I'll watch it more time before I get rid of it. Before you cancel. I was like, is there a way you can download this? Like, maybe I'll just like buy it in a DVD. I, there has to be like a DVD of this for like $2.99 somewhere. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good times were had. If you have a Stars subscription, we recommend giving it a watch if not thanks for listening (laughs) maybe it'll show up on netflix someday soon uh what are we watching now we start that maybe we like maybe no one's just asked for it we have to be the people to ask for maybe maybe we need a hashtag if it was on netflix i would watch it like every six months yeah yeah um what are we watching next uh, speaking of Amy Poehler, next week we are watching Baby Mama. Oh, wow. Is that a rom-com? I guess that's a rom-com. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You forget about I... the Craig Kinnear of it all. Suspect it's going to have its problems. Mm-hmm. I think Jason Manzukis plays a stereotypical gay man in it. So you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. You can join our Patreon. We have a Patreon, guys. We do fun Where we shit do there. special bonus episodes and polls and and you know, people can talk about stuff. It's fun. Come join us on Patreon. Um. Or don't. You can just keep listening here for free. But also, we have fun over there. Bonus content. In one week, we'll have another. Our latest Patreon bonus episode will be out. We're going to talk about I Want You Back, the Jenny Slate, Charlie Day rom-com. Yes. And uh, then in two weeks, you can join us here where we'll talk, where we'll talk about Baby Mama. Yes. Thanks so Bye. much for listening. Bye. Bye.